Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Wheel Sports Podcast Italian Grand Prix Post Race Edition, which is a bit of a mouthful. Um, if you are new here, and it, to be honest with you, if you're just didn't join the first one of these last week, uh, the new kind of format for post race, because I haven't done post race reviews in a long time, is to generally just chat about the race, have some banter, and take some talking points from the chat on YouTube. So if you're listening to this, basically the banter you're going to hear is with the YouTube live chat room. And the idea is that there is already a ton of race review podcasts by some very capable people. And therefore, I figured that this idiot would instead just have some banter because that's what us Irish do. We banter. So with that being said, we're going to jump in and have a chat about the Monza Grand Prix um, the Italian Grand Prix, obviously, and uh, check out my predictions, check out what you guys thought of it, and just generally have Zubantz. Um First of all, I just want to see what everyone actually thought of the race, because uh, I put up a poll, uh, I think it was yesterday, and by poll I mean a thing where people can vote, um, not not people from Poland. Uh, let's have a look. So, blah, 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 blah. Four stars. Well, 63% gave Monza a four-star rating, uh, 13% five-star, 17% gave it a three-star rating, uh, 4% give it a two-star, and 3% give it a star. And that's out of out of 2,000 votes. Wow, 63%. I would have voted less than that, if I'm honest with you. Swirling Soul, welcome to the chat. Kaz says, expanding on... Actually, for people listening, I should probably just very quickly um, explain. So Kaz has said that one of the topics uh, they want brought up is that they think it's time for shorter penalties and basically that if you're if you crash into someone and force them to pit, that you should have to pit as well. I'm imagining that's around Hamilton's penalty, um, but we'll get into that in a moment. And he says, expanding on that, all time penalties really should have to be served immediately the next time um, they pass the pit entrance. That's an interesting idea. So we'll chat about that in a moment. But yeah, so so a lot of you actually thought this was a decent race. I thought it was a boring race, to be honest with you. Swirling Soul says boring. Um, my problem with Monza is related to my problem with um, DRS, which is I just don't think DRS is very exciting when it does work because you just get these gliding passes as opposed to having to really, you know, put pressure on your tires, your engine, and, you know, really make strategic calls. It kind of just takes all that away. And at Monza, it's even worse because you just get DRS trains. Um, so I think something needs to be done with with uh, DRS in general, but it's a bigger conversation. Um, before I full 100% just go into banter with chat mode, we do need to just have a quick look uh, at, my, um, at my predictions. Uh, Because I think this weekend was terrible. So I definitely got Ricardo and DeVries correct, um, obviously, um, because they didn't start the race. Bottas did not DNF. um, Esteban Ocon did. I put Gasly to DNF. Ocon did instead. Interesting. I put Sainz to DNF. He got a podium, so that's wrong. Um, I put Joe in 17th. He was 14th. I put Magnussen in 16th. He was 18th. This is wrong. Hulkenberg in 14th. Lawson actually finished decently well in 11th. Where was Sonoda? Oh, Sonoda didn't start. Okay, so I got that wrong. I got Max right. Mm, what else? Did, did I get anything else right? Uh, Max. Where did I put Sargent in 13th? Ironically, what I said about Sargent was kind of true, that all of this pressure it wouldn't amount to anything, which it didn't. Albon, I put in eighth. Oh, he was seventh. I was so close. Um, Piastri's race was completely destroyed, so never mind that one. Bottas got a point. I put Bottas DNS. He got a point. Uh, Hamilton in sixth. Put him in fourth. Uh, Russell. What happened to Russell's race, actually? No, Russell, Russell finished ahead in fifth. Okay, I got that wrong. Yeah, basically got all of these wrong. Uh, got Max right, though. That's good. That's good. I did say a Ferrari be on the penalty or on the podium though. So yeah, so let's have a chat about it. So I guess Kaz will will kick off with the the chat about um the Hamilton incident. Uh Hamilton, first of all, let's just be honest here. Um, you know, as a man wearing a gummy bear having sex t-shirt who is clearly a Checo fan and a lover of of Red Bull, I also have a lot of respect for Hamilton. I definitely didn't um, say that he, you know, he would retire this year. 
Um, and actually, you know, definitely, definitely don't have to go to Wimbo and look at what my um, my forfeit is for that. Wimbo, I'll get in touch with you after. But yeah, I have a lot of respect for Hamilton, but there is times where his his race craft is a little bit questionable, to be honest. And that was one of them. Um, you know, that, that incident with Piastri. Ooh, what did I just do there? Um, but honestly, it was just a genuine mistake, I think. I don't think there was any malice in it. It was just just a really silly mistake where he just turned in way before he should have. I don't know what the explanation was there, but in fairness to him, he did go and apologize straight away to Oscar after the race. But that doesn't help Oscar, obviously. So in, in terms of the talking point here, um, you know, uh, is it time for stricter penalties if you're at fault and ruin someone's race? Um, yeah, like, I guess so. I, I think a five second penalty for completely destroying someone's race, yeah, probably should be. But the the problem is. I'm really getting annoyed at the FIA's inconsistency on this um, because one of the things I will say is that the FIA, for example, seem to be taking the consequences into account and that needs to just be changed in the rule book because there is situations where basically they're obviously taking the outcome into account and situations where they're not bothering to and there's no consistency there. So I think maybe it's time to just say, yeah, we're going to have to take the consequences into account. So maybe it's a case of, okay, well, look, if that incident happened and, you know, Oscar moved aside, had no damage and continued back on track, a five second penalty because it was an obvious error where Hamilton was at fault, it was a mistake, a five second penalty would be fair. But given the consequence that you've ruined another driver's race, then you bring in a 10 second penalty or a drive through, like you said, I'm in two minds about that because I think that in terms of just fairness, having those stricter penalties does make it, you know, fairer. Sure. But the problem I have with it, and chat, obviously everyone else dive in here, because this is obviously going to be an opinionated one. The problem I have with that is it then brings about bigger issues. So Kaz, I would say my problem with that is one, it basically will stop any racing driver from going for aggressive moves, which could make the sport really boring. And I think at the end of the day, I would rather drivers go for aggressive moves and touch than just completely, like obviously you want them to give each other space and be fair and so on. You want that. But I think if you made it where, you know, if you made it a situation where if you go for an aggressive move, and it just goes wrong and you knock the other driver off track, basically you're now saying, well, that driver gets so harshly penalized that they're basically back to the back of the grid again, that those drivers are going to go, well, I'm not going to take that risk. Because at the moment, a driver will kind of almost always lunge when he can because they, sh you know, it, you're taking a risk, but it's kind of a calculated risk. So I'd be worried about that. The second part of that is, is that, um, one that could be gamed by teammates. I'm not saying that will happen, but it could be gamed by teammates who would say, well, you know, I could ruin my race, my teammates up front and take the other driver out. My bigger concern would be that the stewards who actually decide this stuff are not consistent stewards, which is one of the biggest problems I have with Formula One at the moment. I think you need consistent stewards, consistent refs and consistent, um, consistent race directors. Um, and I would worry that you would get some silly, you know, some silly outcomes there that could completely ruin the race. So I, I don't know, like Hamilton made a big mistake there. I think it was a silly mistake that he shouldn't have made. He did apologize for it afterwards and all those things. I think he probably in that instance, I would have given a 10 second penalty. I think five seconds was too small, but I think the way the regs work, it's five seconds in that instance is all they could really do. Yeah, that's a tough one. What does everyone think? Um, I'm in two minds about that because I think you, the problem is, is like, you just, we have to be careful about not, not completely riding off any sort of racing because it, it just, you know, 
I think Hamilton made a silly mistake there, but if you over penalize that, then you get to a situation where nobody goes for kind of lungy moves. You know, it's a tough one. It this is the problem with F one. It's not like football where you know most instances are kind of similar to other instances. There's just so many more variables that it is. I I I have to say, as much as I dislike the FIA, I wouldn't want their job either. So um, let's see. Uh, Max rank uh, menace won the goat. Uh, Max ran Gasly off track in Zanvert. Does he deserve a penalty? See, this is, again, this goes back to what I'm saying. It's like, there's just so many instances where, you know, it does look similar. It does look the same. I, just for reference, I haven't seen the onboard. I haven't come back and watched Max, uh, Max and Gasly's incident. So I don't want to say I'm like, I'm not talking about that one specifically, but my point is there is a ton of instances like that where, you know, you'll obviously get the Hamilton and Verstappen camps fighting each other because you'll say, okay, well, Hamilton, say, pushes someone wide at this point and he gets penalized and Max doesn't, or vice versa. We've seen that in um, the famous Abu Dhabi incident being pushed off and so on. Um, I think it just, it does need more consistency. And I think the way to fix that is to have consistent stewards, consistent regs um, and consistent implementations with their race control. But it is so difficult. And this is why I want consistency, actually. It kind of argues for it, which is no two instances, well, that's not true, but most instances are not exactly the same. There are so many variables. And that's why I think you need consistent stewards and consistent AI and consistent, you know, race watching that basically, unlike football now, obviously don't let the AI completely decide, but basically give them things where you say, okay, well, look, here is five instances from beforehand that are incredibly similar that the stewards who are there every week can go yeah that's more or less the same and we gave that a five second penalty before so five second penalty again um but it is a hard one it is a hard one um swirling soul says yes max too again i haven't actually gone back and watched that so by all means perhaps that is a penalty that he shouldn't have or he should have got where he didn't uh bob devries says we all make mistakes which is yep 100 um and again like I said earlier, I think Hamilton was clearly in the wrong there, but from a sporting point of view, he came and actually, you know, he said sorry, he took the penalty, and he did get penalised. The question is always going to be around whether the penalty was harsh enough or or whatever, you know, um, as Kaz says. Uh, Gino uh, Moan says, I would say yes, fair enough. And Eloy says, that's a slippery slope. That would be my concern if it's not implemented correctly. Uh, I think, you know, Kaz... I, I agree that I think there needs to perhaps be consequences taken into action, into account. And that if you ruin someone else's race, then maybe it should be stricter. But I think I would, I'm, I, this is the problem with this. I'm struggling here because I'm in two minds on this because basically I agree with Kaz in that. I think that if you ruin someone else's race, there should be stricter penalties. Basically what I'm saying is I think the whole idea that the consequences shouldn't be taken into account is ridiculous. And at the moment, they take the consequences into account anyway. And to say that they don't is laughable because look at any instance. Obviously, they take the consequences into account. You can see it plainly. So, yes, I think they should just admit that and take them into account. And Kaz, I kind of half agree with what you're saying. But then Eloy says it's a slippery slope. I kind of agree with that too because it could be used to basically stop any racing whatsoever, any crazy aggressive moves. So, yeah, um, it's such a difficult one. Such a difficult one. Um, so do we write a solid, unmovable set of rules, says Bob DeVries. And that goes back to what I was saying before, which is that is the, the, the key problem with a sport like F1 compared to, say, football. Because football is so much simpler. Um, you know, I'm not saying football players are simple, Wayne Rooney, uh, but the... You know, the the problem is that this is such a complex sport that basically there are so many more variables that it's not as simple as just, oh, the ball crossed that white line, so yeah, that's a penalty. You know, like, it's not that simple. Um, there are just so many variables. I'm not sure what the, the solution is there, but I am damn sure that there should be, at the end of the day, it is the pinnacle of technology as well, if football is using AI, then F1 should be as well. And there should be consistent stewards. You know, we should have every camera angle B 
being processed by computer algorithms, not to give the decision. I think that's a terrible idea, but to basically put a load of data correlated and organized in front of three to 10, whatever stewards who are basically in front of this system. You could have 10 stewards, you could have eight, nine stewards, whatever it is, something so it's uh, uneven, actually, nine, say, that basically see all of the data, obvious in front of them, all the camera angles really quickly, and they all go penalty, penalty, but, you know, and basically the system decides then uh, because they've all decided on it. So, have yeah. Oh, God, this, this could be an entire video on its own. And I actually think I've talked about this before in a video, but anyway. Uh, Piastri, Swirling Soul, sorry, says, uh, Piastri lost points due to the action, so consequences were not really there for Hamilton. Yeah, I, uh, and I get the argument. Like, the argument perhaps could be, um, you know, well, Piastri lost points, so should it not at least be a 10-second penalty for Hamilton because he didn't lose anything in the end? Yeah, it's a tough one. Agreed on consistently with stewards, uh, says Kaz, uh, with as much money as F1 had, they could hire three to five permanent stewards. They could hire nine and put full systems in place. And I think that would be a better idea. Um, Bob DeVries says, uh, here's the thing, you cannot undo the damage, the penalty is an equalizer. Yeah. Again, that's an argument for the other side, isn't it? Which is, doesn't matter what the penalty is, the, you know, Hamilton is still on track, able to fight for it, whereas... It's so tough. It's so tough. Let the penalty fit the crime, says Bob. Yeah. And and Bob DeVries, I'll, I'll, I'll jump ahead of Ariosto's comment for one second, which is, I miss Charlie. He knew how to get it done. Anyone who wasn't watching uh, Formula One before Charlie Whiting, unfortunately, passed away. Um, Charlie, the, the problem is, right, to replace Charlie Whiting, you can't just put someone else in place. And Michael Massey was the perfect example of what happens here. Because, look, Massey made mistakes, but there's more to it than that. You know, Massey was put under enormous pressure by teams, by trying to create a spectacle, by regulations and stewards not being correctly designed. And basically, he was he was basically an example of what happens if you don't have a proper system in place. The perfect test of any system is you should be able to hand a system over to a complete incompetent moron, and it should still work perfectly. Charlie Whiting basically was, was <laughs> when Charlie was there, everything worked because at the end of the day, you didn't need a system. Charlie was there for 20 odd years. Was it, it was 20 odd years, I think maybe 30 actually. He was there for a long time and Charlie had seen everything. He'd seen every situation. He had seen every instance and he was able to give the stewards the incident and say, look, you know, this is what happened. And they were able to make a correct decision then. And he was able to make calls on the fly because he had so much experience. And the problem is, no matter who you replace him with now, they're not going to have that experience. So we need to have stringent systems in place um, because we don't have a Charlie Whiting anymore. We don't have that person. So now we need correct systems. We need a complete review of every single aspect. And we need, we need basically common sense approaches here. Um, uh, that's going to be a tough thing to replace. But yeah, Charlie was amazing. Uh, Ariosto says, uh, maybe a random number generator for how many seconds for each penalty? Maybe, yeah. If if Max fans got their way, what you could do is you could have it where the, the penalty of seconds comes down to your race number. <laughs> sorted. Um, Max took two hit in, uh, in 21. If penalized on the way we saw, Abu Dhabi would be such a problem. Um, and damage from 2.2 million and 40 point loss, yeah. Um, Mikey put in entertainment ahead of sport. Says, uh, Kaz, I'm not so sure why your message was restricted there. There was a couple of restricted messages um, in the chat. Just to point out, that wasn't me. That's YouTube. So if you want to post those again or type those again, um, that's fine. I don't know what happened there. Um, Mikey put entertainment ahead of sport. Bob, I, I, I would kind of disagree with that in a way, which is... I don't think it was Mikey who put disagreement or entertainment ahead of sport. It was the F1 teams themselves. Because, like, if we go back to the lead up to that, they basically all... Now, I'm not... <laughs> I just want to make clear. I'm not trying to say Mikey did nothing wrong here. Okay, he did. And, uh, you know, the outcome of that final race, it was, it was a mess. The whole thing was a mess. Okay, it wasn't Max's fault, it wasn't Red Bull's fault, it wasn't Hamilton's fault, it wasn't Mercedes' fault. 
They just did exactly what they are supposed to do. Pick the strategies, drive as fast as possible, you know, decide the race. Um, but what Mikey, what Michael Massey, where I feel sorry for him is they basically had all agreed that they didn't want any race to end under a safety car, which is kind of understandable because we saw Monza last year. It is dull when that happens. But at the same time as well, they had put so much pressure on this big end of race. You know, they have they basically had opened up this situation where it was a boiling pot and no matter what Massey did, he was going to be under fire there. Like if he had to let that play out as per the rules, you know the teams and the viewers would have gone nuts as well because basically there would have been a situation where you would have had these lapped cars, you know, in the middle of those two and you would have had people say, oh, everyone plays for Hamilton. The FIA loves Mercedes. That's how that would have played out as well. Because as well, was it turn four? Um, you had the incident where basically Hamilton went off track uh, and he shouldn't have, realistically. If you look back at that situation, Max, you know, was on track. Hamilton went off and gained an advantage. You had that call where Massey basically came back and said he's given back the advantage. I, I think the teams there, I think as much blame needs to be put on Mercedes and Red Bull for pushing not not just Mercedes and Red Bull, but all of the teams for putting that that pressure for a spectacle and the FIA and F1 management. I think they all take just as much blame as Michael Massey on on that whole situation. Personally, um, <laughs> I didn't say Mikey did nothing wrong, Kaz. <laughs> I didn't say that. He made mistakes, and to be honest, the other thing is, it is very easy for us to look in hindsight that realistically what he should have done was just unlap those cars a couple of laps earlier, which he could have done in reality, and everything would have been fine and it would have played out and the same situation would have happened. Max would have pitted and won. Or they could have red flagged it. There was a few things he could have done. Um, but I think regardless of the way they played that out, there was no winning that situation because they had just built up a massive boiler, like a pan of, of, of fiery problems and just thrown Michael Massey into it. I think he was just a fall guy for a huge, huge amount of problems there. So, yeah. Um, Gino says, yes, teams were asking for it. Um, or teams asked for it. Yeah, I think I think that was the case. Uh, you know, I at the end of the day, um, yeah, I, I just, this is why I generally think that 2021 probably shouldn't be talked about. Um, but yeah, I, let's see, ampy stampy. Did you can't stop moaning about the last race of 2021? What about the seven penalties? Schumilton escaped. During the 2021, gifting the overrated and title winner, uh, Weiner, 83 points. No, like, it, there was tons of issues and calls during that season that shouldn't have happened. There was tons of them. Um, there were situations where Hamilton lost out, and there were situations where Hamilton won out from that. I think the whole season was a mess. And the whole season was basically, it was fucking entertaining, though. Like, to be fair, the whole season was such good entertainment. But from a pure sporting perspective, it was a mess. Um, oh God, I hate talking about 2021 because everyone, like, basically my whole thing is the whole season was a mess. And there were so many situations on both sides where uh, Hamilton won out and Verstappen won out. Um, but I don't, I think the difference between me and a lot of people on Twitter is I don't blame Hamilton, Mercedes or Red Bull and Verstappen for any of the issues. You know, there was a couple of racing incidents where Hamilton was more at fault and he was penalised. Verstappen was more at fault and he was penalised. But I think the FIA and F1 put just made, they wanted a spectacle so much that they just made the perfect conditions for things to go fucking wrong. Um, you know, I, I think that's, that's that, that was the key issue with that whole thing. Um, let's see. So back to 2023, says Kaz. Yeah. We will actually go back to 2023. I'm going to move swiftly on to 2023. Let me just read out the last of these comments. I agree it was a no win, but if you had followed the rules, uh, it would have exonerated them. Yep, fair. And if he wanted the race to be fair, says Menace, uh, they would have red flagged. I think that was the situation. They should have red flagged it. Um, you know, uh, and not your therapist says no rules were broken at Abu Dhabi. It's a bit silly to still talk about it as if it was a big scandal. I, I just think, look... Technically, you're correct. No rules were um, no rules were broken, technically speaking. Um, and we saw that with the protests and so on. They could have taken it to court. They didn't. Um, so technically, that is accurate. 
Um, as a Red Bull fan, I mean, I, I you know, as a Red Bull fan who was kind of bored of Hamilton dominance, it was a pretty spectacular season to watch into, and the ending didn't really bother me as much. I can understand why Hamilton fans were so pissed off by the whole thing. Um, but at the end of the day, again, I just, my biggest issue with that season, and this will be my last word on it, is just there were ways they could have finished that correctly. Um, but I just, I personally just don't think Michael Massey should have been hung the way he was. I, I don't think so, because I think that, I think that there was just so much pressure on him. And it it was a perfect example of how fucked up the, uh, sorry, cursing, how screwed up the, um, you know, the the regulations and the implementations are. They need to fix that system. Anyway, let's go back to 2023. <laughs> Over a Alonso was right. Hammy only knows how to race from the front. Um, uh, but, but, but that Gino says, this is why I'm not happy with the Americans. They want to make Indy from F1. Okay, so talking points. Let's get back to the Monza race. Because we could talk about 2021 forever. I just hope we get another 2021 because all said, I'm, look, this may surprise some of you, but I'm not a Hamilton or a Verstappen fan. I'm a Checo fan. Uh, Red Bull is my favorite team, but I'm also, as you guys probably are aware, a massive fan of Alonso, Norris. Uh, I was a huge fan of Ferrari, Vettel, um, you know, love all these things. Um, I'm American, India's lame, says Kaz. Uh, Colt LH is still sore about AD21, says Hover, Piter. But yeah, I, I, I thought I thought as an outsider, as a person that wasn't a fan of, of either driver, it was just a spectacular season. Um, but yeah, real mess. So let's talk about it, right? Let's get back to 2023. And for all of the Hamilton fans in chat, let's talk about something that I know Hamilton Mercedes fans will love to talk about. Verstappen broke the record. 10 races in a row. I'm a huge Vettel fan, so it's a little bit of a shame that he lost that record, but the records are meant to be broken. Um, you know, what a incredible run of form from Verstappen. I think it was incredible. Bob DeVries says, I am a race fan. I'm the same. Um, I, I honestly, this is the thing for me, right? So, and I'll talk about Kaz, I'll, I'll get to the Checo side in a minute. I am a Formula One fan first, and I know that for a fact because literally, whenever I'm watching a race, like if Checo DNFs or if he has a terrible qualifying, I'm immediately like, oh, Norris is alongside there, this is going to be fun, or you know, oh, Piastri's coming through, or is Alonso going to get second here, and you know. Leclerc jumping up. I was watching Science and Leclerc fighting with Verstappen. That was spectacular. I just very much just love the racing first. So I don't really care who's winning. I do have favorite drivers and I think that's normal. And Checo is my favorite driver. But to answer Kaz's thing is, um, and let me actually, I'll fill this in for you now in a sec. Where is my, um, I've got it here. You can see it behind me in a second. Um, so if you can see over here, um, if you're watching this, if not, I'll explain in a sec. I've got a Checo cutout on the green screen over there. If Checo gets booted and doesn't continue on in Formula One, I will support my life-size Bernie Eccleston um, over there. Uh, but Alonso and Norris, I think, will be my next favorite drivers. So, um, yeah, I think Alonso and Norris are, are my two next ones. So if Checo ends up leaving uh, Red Bull or... If, if Checo leaves Red Bull and goes to a different team, I'm still going to support Checo. But if he leaves the sport completely, then Norris and Alonso would be my next ones. I Norris, I think, is just as good as Verstappen. I'm saying this right now. I've said it for a while. Um, so that's, you know, I, I really want to see him succeed. I think Norris is up there with Verstappen. And Alonso, the wily old go is just incredible. And I, I, I loved, when I started watching Formula One properly in 2004, Obviously, it was Schumacher dominance, and then Alonso came in, and ever since, I've been a huge fan of Alonso. Um, so, yeah, it'd be amazing to see him. Um, Hoverputter says, yes, Checo fan here as well. Then Carlos and Charles completes my one, two, three favorite drivers. Amazing. Um, Ampy Stampy says, during Bahrain, LH44 exceeded track limits 29 times, no penalty. 
I would not even look at AD. The points were gifted, cancelled AD. Uh, Lulu supporters call Max a cheat. How did he cheat? Yeah, uh, I don't know. Look, this this throughout the field, there's always these issues. The, I, I think the whole sporting regulations, uh, you know, I don't want to keep banting on about this, but the whole thing needs to be looked at because the other side is if you're not a fan of just watching the front. So obviously this season for me, it's not that bad because uh, like Verstappen clearing up is impressive to watch. But I'm so focused on the, the fights behind because it's actually, if you just removed Verstappen for a moment, this is a feckin' incredible season. There are so many fights up and down. And even though I thought Monza was relatively boring, for this to be a relatively boring race, if you forget about Verstappen for a minute, look at all of the fights down the field. It was pretty entertaining. So I think this is, um, you know, just a, a fun season to watch. There is a ton of problems down the field as well. Um you know, that I think there's a ton of problems down the field that I think um, I think need to be cleared up as well. Uh, records are meant to be broken, uh, but he can leave some of Vettel's alone, says De- Declan. Yeah, I appreciate that completely. I'm a huge Vettel fan, so uh, I, th- I would have loved him to keep that big record, but sure, it is what it is. Uh, Bob DeVries says, if it has wheels or water, I love racing. Uh, crew to Can-Am boat for a couple of years been involved with all forms Can-Am boat amazing very cool very cool Eloy says I've been watching a ton of what's next for Checo vids and came to the same conclusion as many who knows yeah we'll see I, I, I just I have a good strong inclination and feeling that if Checo doesn't get like P2 for the rest of the races if he doesn't show something spectacular that they're going to just slot Ricardo into that seat and it'll be Lawson and uh, Yuki at uh, Alpha Tauri next year, which I'd be sad about for Checo, but honestly, I think Lawson deserves a drive. So I'd be kind of happy if Lawson gets slotted in regardless. Um, let's see. Uh, El Vincitore says, uh, disagree about Norris. Verstappen wouldn't have lost uh, Russia 2021. Norris panicked and lost the race himself. Yeah, um, that is fair, but I also think that Verstappen would have been under less pressure because Verstappen had won races before, and I think that Red Bull being Red Bull and not being McLaren, Red Bull would have basically said, no, Lando, box now. But I also think there is the situation that Red Bull and Verstappen have talked about a ton of times in the past, which is when you're leading the race, it's so much more difficult to make those silly calls, um, those difficult calls. So I don't know, but in terms of just pure driving if you just look at what Norris has achieved in that McLaren I don't know maybe not look Verstappen I'm not saying uh, this is not to knock Verstappen either Verstappen is by far and away I think the best driver on the grid at the moment but I think Norris would give him a run for his money Uh, you know I would love to see I I hope we get a McLaren that's up there with the the Red Bull because I would love to see those two go toe-to-toe I think it would be brilliant uh, Kaz says, Ampi, show me on the doll where Team LH touched you. <laughs> uh, Declan says, entertainment-wise, Albon is the star of the season. You know what? I tend to agree with that. Albon was bloody impressive uh, at Monza, to be fair. Just how long he kept those people behind was incredible. Um, Bob DeVries, do you think the teams should be allowed to equalize? Or, uh, yeah, I'm guessing that's equalize on the infrastructure, like some teams are asking. Um, so, Bob, I've talked about this. Jesus, just that's disgusting. Um, so <laughs> I've talked about this for a while now. I think personally, um, there should be equalization in terms of resources. So, uh, and I should, I think this should be across the board um, in some ways. So, for example, um, and I agree with Toto Wolf on this, and I've said this a few times. I think that there should be merit-based equalization. So you shouldn't just say. Okay, well, you know, this team, like Red Bull, for example, perfect example at the moment, and I'll get to, I swear to God, this leads on to the infrastructure. Just give me a second, but Red Bull is so far ahead at the moment. They shouldn't be pegged back, though. Teams who are behind should just perhaps be given an extra bit of budget for development. Not a huge amount, but the same way ATR. They should be given more time to work on engines, maybe. Same way as ATR. And in that logic, I think also that if you're, infrastructure is behind if you're a 10th team and your infrastructure is 10 years behind you should be given more capex allowance um so cap capital expenditure allowance you should perhaps be given 
you know, a helping hand maybe in some way. I don't know what way they could do that. But perhaps if you're at the lowest of the low teams, maybe there should be some sort of F1 management, you know, grant to those teams. But yeah, I, I think I think the likes of Williams and stuff should be given a leg up there, you know. Uh, so yeah, I, I would say so. I think it just needs to be very carefully balanced and everything should be on merit. You know, it shouldn't be a case of pegging people back. A balance of power I'm against, but equalization in terms of, okay, well, you're falling behind, you get more resource, um, you get more time and perhaps more capital expenditure, but you shouldn't get in any, any merit, any, so be it engine, be it facilities, be it aero, you should not just get handed things. People shouldn't be pegged back. You shouldn't just get an advantage. You should still have to put in the work, but they should basically balance it out that way to say, right, okay, you're now number one team. So you get less because you need less in terms of resources, you know? Um, let's see. They will never put a good driver beside Max, says Menace. I don't know. Like, this is the thing as well. So I wouldn't say, you know, there's been no good drivers beside Max. Like, Checo, this is the thing. Like, Checo's not a world champion driver. And I'll, I'll admit that, okay? He's not. But clearly. But he's a good, he's, he's a race winner. He's, he was the king of the midfield. And if you asked me whether I would rate Checo or Bottas higher even now, I would say Checo all day. I think Checo's a far better driver than Bottas was. 2021 showed that. Like, Bottas was nowhere for the entire season. Checo had his moments of helping out. So, I don't know. Like, okay, Bottas is probably a bad example for Max. Max hasn't had a Rosberg or a, you know, or a Button. Or, you know, who else was there? Um, An Alonso. But, at the same time, Albon is an incredible racer at the moment, you know. I think it could perhaps be a show that that car is far more difficult to drive than expected. But I don't know, like, this is the thing. I, I kind of hate these arguments of, oh, he's not the GOAT, he only won because of this, or, you know, I really wish people could just be impressed by, Jesus, that was a spectacular drive. Like, Hamilton, Hamilton had the fastest car for most, if not all, of those seven years but he still had to put in a spectacular drive, you know? Max has the fastest car this season, but he's still whitewashing Checo. Still impressive, you know? Um, so I don't know. I think, I think we just need to... I think we need to kind of say, okay, the team gave the best car. It's impressive. And the driver was the best driver. And that's impressive as well. You need both of those things to win. Hamilton is one of the best drivers in history in Formula One. But if you gave him a Williams, obviously he's not winning. You know, like, I, my, my thing is, it's at the end of the day, Formula One is a, an engineering sport first. It's about the car first. So let's just be impressed that Red Bull have built the best car. And then we can be impressed all day long about the fact that Verstappen is driving well. Would I like to see a Norris or a Hamilton or an Alonso alongside Verstappen? Sure, it would be bloody incredible. But I still think we just need to, be impressed by his drive, you know? Uh, Max is in a league of his own, says Judson. Uh, Bob DeRees, Max is at the top of his game, but without Honda's engine, they would still be third to fifth. I don't know. I, I, I disagree, Bob, because I think their aero is so on point. It depends what engine they had. If they had a Renault, sure. <laughs> but I think if they had the Mercedes engine or the Ferrari engine, I think they'd still be winning the championship, personally. Um, Declan, opinion on points up to 15th if Andretti joined the grid. Top 10 is making midfield a bit too irrelevant when we have a locked th top three to four teams. Um, I've thought about this a lot, Declan, and I think logically it makes sense, but I also think if you put points down to 15th, it kind of takes away from those impressive Albon drives, if that makes sense, and those impressive Sonoda drives. So I don't know if I would change it. I still think I still think top ten is fine. I think it just makes it more impressive, you know. Um, Sean Daly, I couldn't agree more. Back teams do need a leg up instead of pegging this year, uh, pegging this for years now, uh, pegging people back. I've been saying, yeah. So yeah, I, I don't think they should peg people back. I think that they should just give a leg up to the, the smaller teams. But again, 
not just hand them things or, you know, that's the way it should be. Um, Kaz, without the Merck engine, Lewis is still a one-time champion, can make what statement about it, any driver. Yeah, like, this is the thing, though. It, it, we just need to remember, this is an engineering series first. It's about the car. It always has been. The car, you know, it's about a team building the best possible car and then having the best pop possible driver to pull that over the line. Because at the end of the day, if you had the best possible car this year in the Red Bull and it was Checo as the team leader, they might not be winning the championship right now, which is crazy. So it, it's about both, but the car is definitely the most important thing at first. Checo beat Verstappen on pace at the beginning of the season. If he has a car that he likes, he's unstoppable, says Sean. Unfortunately, the car seems to be uh, developed away from him. Yeah, also... I'm just a bit concerned that Checo is a little bit inconsistent as well, because this is, what, three seasons now where he's had this kind of off-season part of the season, if that makes sense, which is strange, because I don't remember him being like that. Maybe I'm missing it, but I don't remember him being like that in the, the midfield. But yeah, che Checo has underlying pace, and I, I would rate Checo well above a Bottas. Sorry, Hamilton fans, but I really would. How long, uh, how low did Alpine drop the ball? They should simply sell to Andretti. Yeah, Elvins and Tori. I, I'm not going to go on about this because I've already talked about Alpine, but it's such a shame because Team Endstone, I'm a huge fan of them and historically they're an incredible team. Um, but they really need to sort their shit out. Uh, sorry, I'm cursing a lot during this. I should probably stop, but I'll be demonetized. Abby Snappy, Sean Daly. Both RBs are the same. It's how you set up the car uh, that matters. Uh, yeah, like, the thing is, though, Ampisambi, he is right in the fact that it seems like they've figured out that the car is a lot faster if they give it more oversteer, make it more peaky at the front, I think it is. I think that's what I've heard some aerodynamicists say, and that doesn't seem to suit um, Checo, because I think Checo likes a more kind of understeery car. It's up to Checo, just like it was up to Danny in uh, McLaren to adapt, but at the same time, you know, there is, it, it is a fair statement. Uh, look at the timing on Red Bull. Mercedes developed slowly. Honda was just there uh, after McLaren. I did not see that. It's it's a fair point, Bob. It's a fair point. Uh, Declan, similar to Seb himself. Remember earlier in the season when Checo was offering some competition, Max was losing his shit. Imagine if a Norris Leclerc occupied that number two seat at RBR meltdown. It would be incredible to watch. I still think Max would win out. I do think Max likes to complain over the radio, but at the same time, Every driver does in those situations to an extent. You know, I, I've always been one where I've kind of, no matter who the driver is, when they say aggressive or, you know, stupid cr crap on the radio, I'm kind of like, yeah, but look at road rage. When you're in that heightened state where you're driving 200 miles an hour and, you know, very close to everything and you're on the edge, it is just psychology that your brain is going to be ramped up. You've got adrenaline going through the roof and you're going to say silly things. So it's why people don't shout at each other when they're walking down the street, but they do in a car. You've got this heightened sense all the time and you're on edge. So I'm a little bit, I don't know. I'm, I'm not very, I'm not very judgmental of drivers when they say things in the car, to be honest. Uh, Jake, what's good? Uh, life? Yeah, thanks, man. Uh, Sean Daly, I realize that, Ampi, but it's not that simple. Each driver has a style. And the car can easily develop towards or away from the style at the start of the season. Verstappen couldn't get it to work. It, it is a fair point. Like they, they develop those cars um, towards their best driver. They always will. But also, I think I do kind of agree with Norris in that Norris has been incredibly adaptable. Verstappen has been fairly adaptable too. I think in terms of adaptability though, Alonso is the GOAT. Um, which is why Alonso alongside Verstappen would be just beautiful to watch. Uh, Menace won. Um... I'm just saying that if Max was being challenged, it would be a way better season. I loved how Max's dad was freaking out after Checo won two races. Yeah, yeah. Um, best drivers end up in the best cars, says commentator. Agreed. Um, I personally think that all crashes Checo has had in the past number of races made him more wary and cautious. That's an interesting point, Abby. Um, and Sean says, after the car was developed a bit, Verstappen felt more comfortable while Checo didn't. This happens all the time in F1. Fact, yep. Uh, I would love to see Piastri next to Max, says Hudson, uh, Judson Zimmerman. Yeah, Piastri's been incredibly impressive. Incredibly impressive all season. Personally, I just want to see Alonso next to Max. That that would be just so good. Um, nobody is on the radio more than Hamilton, says Sean, Mr. Complain. 
if Checo drives for RBR 2024, he needs to eliminate the annual Checo midseason witness protection program. Seriously. Yeah. It, yeah. It has been interesting just that drop off because it has been consistent now for a couple of seasons. Um, uh, Declan, uh, I agree, but both drivers tell their race engineers what's a change to suit their different driving styles better, says Ampi. That is true. Race to race, they can't change that setup. But if the car overall works best in a certain window, because basically you can change the setup, right? Obviously. Um, but the car is developed towards a certain driving style. So you can't completely kind of tune that out. You have to basically tune the car into a window. So basically, to put it in simple maths terms, the car will work best in this 15% range and you can move within this 15% range. But you can't tune it out to the 25% range and expect it to still give the same performance. I think that makes sense. I think. But yeah, it's a fair point. Like you could tune a certain amount, but there's only so far you can tune that, you know? Um, Norris is possibly the most adaptable driver on the grid. And, uh, don't, I agree with that. I think it's Norris or Alonso, I think are the most, two most adaptable. Uh, don't judge the driver, but I do judge the team principal, says Declan, uh, Toto and Horner. Yeah, that's fair. I bet Leclerc, uh, to beat Norris this season. Thoughts, says Jake. Um, yeah, like this is the thing though. I think. In equal machinery, if you put all, all three in equal machinery, right, and forget about development and so on, let's not talk about nuances, just three drivers in the, th in the fastest cars, let's just say it that way. I think at the moment Verstappen beats out, but I think Norris beats Leclerc personally. I, I don't know why, but I just, I just think from everything I've seen over the last couple of years, I think Norris beats Leclerc personally. I, I really do. I really, I don't really... I want to I want to either be proven right or wrong on this. I want to see it happen. But I genuinely think that Norris is one of the best drivers on the grid. I really do. And Leclerc, I think Leclerc is incredibly talented. But I think and I think Leclerc we saw this in 2022 to be fair at the start. I think Leclerc can challenge Max. I think he can. So I'm not saying I don't by any means think it'd be a whitewash. I don't think it'd be Norris way ahead of Leclerc or anything. I think Leclerc, Verstappen and Norris would be fairly close. But I think in that order, it would be Verstappen, Norris, Leclerc. Personally, personally. Um, let's see, Sean agreed. Norris makes less mistakes. It's one of the reasons, definitely, yeah. Um, Piastri versus Max will destroy Piastri's career. The great Franz Toss said a driver needs three seasons to fully develop. So Piastri has incredible potential to improve from now until his third season, says Elvin Zentori. Interesting. Um, and I think Max would beat Piastri this season, yeah. But Piastri does, I, I agree, he has huge potential. <laughs> All zero wins of Norris beats Leclerc. Believable, says Jamie. Yeah, but come on, like, I mean, Leclerc also has so many pole positions versus wins. That's about the car. Like, that is about the car. How many incredible performances does Norris give in the third fastest car in 2021, for example, you know? Yeah. Um, Leclerc is top notch, but he pushes so far to the edge, he often goes over it. See, that, I think that, Sean, is my worry with Leclerc. It's that... Leclerc, Leclerc has pushed that Ferrari in situations right to the limit and done it over a race distance so much so that it's impressive. But my concern is that he constantly drives on that knife edge instead of tactically coming back. But then I guess the start to 2022 kind of alleviates that, that maybe if he does have the fastest car or a car that can compete, maybe he won't go to that limit all the time. But he did make mistakes then as well. It's a hard one to say. Um, let's see, uh, but, 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 where was I? Sorry. There's a lot of messages. Here. Oh, Bob DeVries, uh, the beat, the best up and coming driver at Piastri, uh, that kid has talent. I tend to agree with that. Uh, I think, I think Norris obviously has the edge on Piastri at the moment, but I think a season or two down the line, it's going to be interesting to see what the potential is of Piastri, because if he's this good year one, what's he going to be like year five, you know? Um, Let's see. Uh, Charles is amazing on one lap in the race. Not so much, says Pat J. 
that seems to be the ongoing. But again, there was races at the start of 2022 where I think that Leclerc uh, was really, really impressive. Um, sorry, I needed water there. Declan says, if the car is 70% and the driver is 30%, then these small gaps between Max Norris and Charles make it really tight. Yeah, and I would say more than that. I'd say it's 80-20 or, or 85-15. The car is definitely more important by a substantial amount. Um, Sean Daly, I think Max and Lando are the most adaptable. RBR and McLaren develops their car in a certain way and both can handle it better than anyone else. Agree with that 100%. Um, he just really needs a more stable car with better reliability, says Sean, talking about Leclerc. Nobody wants to buy Toto's book, <laughs> whining about to the stewards. No one shoots Max's records down, um, says Ampy Stampy. Uh, Kaz, two top drivers is a nightmare for a team. Think about Senna Prost, Hamilton Rosberg. Having an average number two is a proven formula to win. Schumacher Barrichello, Hamilton Bottas, Max Checo. It is a very fair point. Um, I think for any team, it's what you need though is you need a reliable number two that will get a substantial amount out of the car. And I think that's what I was talking about with yesterday's video, which is um, the worry for Red Bull will be if you get another 2021 situation, you need a number two that can give a, a solid backup. And that is where I think the Checo situation becomes an issue. Um, but yeah, agreed otherwise, Kaz. Um, to be fair, you should bear in mind Verstappen was known to be full of mistakes uh, and crashed up until his fifth season. It's Leclerc's fifth season now. I've talked about this as well before, Jamie, to be fair, that I don't think Leclerc is as crash happy as everyone makes him out to be. I think it's that he's on a knife's edge. And again, I go back to 2022 at the start, like, but then he did make mistakes where he shouldn't have as well, you know? But yeah, I I think, yeah, it, it's a fair point that I think, you know, Max was kind of the driver that everyone said made too many mistakes. Um, it is, again, this, it's just such a hard one to call sometimes because this, this sport is so about the car. And as fans, we like to put everything into the driver when realistically it's 80 to 85% the car, you know? Um, let's see. I think a lot of Leclerc's trouble is the car. He is overdriving. And that's the thing. It's like, I've talked about this a lot before, Bob, which is you can't overdrive a car, which is so often said in, in Formula One. But Max and Leclerc drive it on the limit a lot of the time. And I think why Max is kind of not making mistakes now is because he's able to still extract you know, a win out of that car driving it at 90%. So he's got a lot in hand. Whereas I think other drivers like Checo and so on are struggling to get there and Leclerc is having to drive on the limit. And the problem is if you're driving on the limit all the time and you're getting everything out of that car, obviously it's so easy to go half a percent over that limit and bang. And I think that's where Leclerc has had so many issues and it's where we saw that um, Max had so many issues as well, you know. Um. But yeah, agree, Jamie, as well. Like it, it, That's why I think Leclerc is up there and having those issues as well. Sean Daly, give Checo, Checo a scale electric slot car and he will uh, perform much better. Interesting little tidbit as well, by the way. Just got back from scale electrics today. Uh, we were supposed to have a scale electric sponsor in July, uh, but they've just uh, done some stuff with us. So they're sending down some they're sending me down some scale electric stuff, which I'll have in the next month. Um, so that's going to be interesting because I'm a huge fan of scale electric since I was a kid. So interesting you brought that up. But yeah, it will be a scale electrics um, episode special kind of placement in, in this very soon, which is fun. It's a huge thing for me. Uh, just from a, a, a literal, um, you know, just just uh, means a lot to me. What's the word? Anyway, it doesn't matter. Not saying Max isn't incredible, but I think Norris has had to be more adaptable being in a midfield team for so long, says Sean. Yeah, I just I think it's going to be incredible to see Norris up there. Um, Bob DeVries says the best number two was Rubens Barrichello. <laughs> Probably, yeah. Uh, um, however, yes, you're right. Look at what he did in the McLaren washout, Danny Rick. Sean Daly, McLaren bought an RB19 and painted it papaya. Uh, <laughs> it's not quite an RB19 yet. I would say it's an RB18 so far. Pache, Sean, uh, indeed, Max, uh, in the start of the season was horrible. Only two wins and second places. He should be ashamed. <laughs> uh, it, 
just Sean says his point was that Checo did beat Max on pace for at least one or two races, which is, it's a fair point, to be fair. Um, but to Pache's point as well, um, you know, that's the thing about Max. Max on a bad weekend is like, it's still a podium. Whereas that's the problem with Checo, you know. Max went from karting to F1 in a year, whereas others did F3, F2, F1, yeah. Um, mm. Sorry, it's quite warm in here with the lights, so I'm just drinking some water. Mm, mm, mm. Declan, do you think Alex will hold out for Williams or jump to top team before the new regs? Um, I think Albon should hold out in Williams till 2026 because I think they're on an upward trajectory. I don't think they'll win championships in 2026 by any means. Like, don't get me wrong there. But I think he could be in a position where he could lead a team back. And he's quite young as well, you know. Um, but I think if Mercedes or Audi offer him a position for 2026, I think he'll probably jump at it, you know. Guys, give me two seconds here. I just have to uh, down some water. Um, but if anyone would like to, uh, just just for the two seconds and I'll be right back, subscribe to my uh, documentary channel. Just give me two seconds, guys. Oh, God. Yeah, sorry. I just had to down a load of water there because these lights are quite warm. Um, do you think Alex... Oh, sorry. I've already read that. Max won 10 races during Merck's Dominant. That's mighty impressive. Judson Zimmerman, honestly, this is the thing about Max that, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a Verstappen fan. I'm a, I'm a Checo, uh, mini Bernie Eccleston, Alonso, Norris fan. Um, but I think Max... Like, this is the thing. You can argue about, oh, he only wins in the fastest car and so on. But I think Max, like Hamilton during those bad McLaren days uh, where the McLaren wasn't the best, Hamilton still won races. Max won races in the third fastest car. I think those are reasons why those are two generational talents at the end of the day. Uh, the versatile Monza moaning. I just wanted some alliteration, to be honest with you. I didn't think it was a great race. I thought there was some really good battles up and down, but I didn't think it was a great race. I would have put it as a three-star race, to be honest. That's why. Um, Kaz, do you think the teams truly care about the Constructors' Championship as much as the drivers? If they could only win one drivers or constructors, feels like most teams would choose the drivers. Kaz, I think, honestly, they don't give a donkeys about the constructors if they don't win the drivers. I think once they win the drivers, then it's like, let's get the constructors. It's a nice to have. But I think the drivers is what they care about. And 2021 was absolute proof of that because like Mercedes won the Constructors' Championship and they barely talked about it. It was like a, oh, okay, fine. Um, it is what it is. Max will go down as one of the best drivers in history, if not the best. So everyone is going to pale in comparison, says Sean. This is the thing. You, it's a generational talent as well. I think Max is going to go down alongside Hamilton and Schumacher, depending, depending, because um, he could get to five titles. Still then, I think he'd be up there. But yeah, I, I don't know whether he'll beat like seven titles because that really depends on what Red Bull can do in 2026 with their new engine. But I think even now, even at three titles, is it this year, he'll have his third. Even now, he is going to go down as, uh, you know, one of the greats. Like his race craft is incredible. You know, Alonso has two and is one of the greats, in my opinion, you know. Best race to show tire management was Miami 23, 56 laps and matching the mediums with his hard tires. Yep. Uh, agreed, if he can do what Michael did for Ferrari with Williams, he will be goaded, even if it's not him who gets the title in the end. Yep. Uh, Albon's been incredibly impressive. Uh, versatile, by the way, welcome to the chat. Um, and you've just reminded me, Versatile, because you're one person I've talked to on Discord that I do need to get back. I'm going to make it my mission next week to make sure I'm on top of Discord because I haven't been for a while. Hello, McLaren bringing upgrades to Singapore, so I might be competitive. Also, that random F1 dude, uh, McLaren uh, kind of, they knew they weren't going to be incredibly impressive at Monza anyway, um, for various reasons. 
So yeah, I expect them to be a lot more impressive in Singapore. I'm from Holland. Huge Max fan, says Judson. Oh, very good. Um, Menace F1 the go or Menace won the go. Uh, do you think Max could handle Alonso hanging out bags of cash to gain favor in a team like he did with Lewis? The pressure would be too much for Max. Red Bull would implode. <laughs> Interesting. Um, let's see. Uh, the thing is, Max was already always in that Red Bull bubble from the get-go, had the team centered around him. Whether it's a better trade-off than making a car centered towards two driver styles is debatable, says Versatile. Hamilton made a big jump from McLaren to a Mercedes and built the team up to suit him. Schumacher did the same to Ferrari uh, at a time when uh, Ferrari was nowhere near the front outside comforters. Yeah. Uh, very good points very good points like all dominant drivers says Bob it will end and another will start that is just the way that it goes um, Hamilton's era has realistically ended Schumacher's ended Vettel's ended um, you know go back further than that mm. you know at the end of the day you're right at some point one of these young guns or someone who's not on the grid yet will come in and will start beating Verstappen and that will be that Hover, uh, Hover Pilder, how impressive is Lawson? He's doing better than uh, that McLaren washout, Danny Rick. Ah, leave Danny alone. Uh, Lawson was incredibly impressive, though. Incredibly impressive at Monza. Um, he'll get the Singapore drive by the sound of it. So I think that um, I think that we're going to see Lawson in a seat next year regardless. I reckon he'll be in the Alpha Tauri. Um, I still think Daniel Ricciardo has something to give, but... I think the Daniel Ricciardo World Championship bid is well and truly over. But I think Daniel Ricciardo as a number two driver or a lead at something like Audi, you know, um, I, I think he, I think he'll be there. I, I still think so. I still think Danny Rick at the right environment could be an incredibly impressive driver. Uh, Sean Daly says, I think it's already begun, Bob. Piastri is going to be on fire in the right car and with a bit more experience, maybe not a max level star, but I think he's going to be epic. And Lawson has been way more impressive than his finishes show. Amazing performance in that tractor of a car. I agree. I think Lawson and Piastri are two big future talents. It's why the start of 2022 and 2023, Verstappen and Checo were both really comfortable in the car, but as it developed, it moved towards Verstappen, says Versatile. Exactly. Um, Vettel's first era ended. Wait till he's in Stefano's job. Uh, Vettel on his comeback arc. Oh, imagine Vettel took over Ferrari. That would be incredible. Um, and Bob DeVries, Sean, especially if Max quits in 28. Yeah, very true. Guys, I am going to leave it there. I was planning to do an hour, so just gone over that. Um, we didn't talk much about Monza, but I kind of don't care. I like this uh, new kind of post-race thing where if we have a really epic race, we'll have a lot to talk about. But otherwise, we just banter about whatever you guys want to banter about. And I enjoy it. If you're listening to this, please do leave a five-star review. If you're watching this, please leave a good old like and, uh, you know, pop on a uh, an old subscribe. Uh, although if you're chatting, you're probably already subscribed. Um, thank you so much. And uh, for those of you who are members of the channel, um, we're going to be doing a 2026 regulation chat tomorrow um, at around this time. Um, so uh, I really love you guys being here. It's great chat and I really do enjoy just the fact that we get to banter with chat because there's enough race reviews and so on out there and the community of this channel has been one of the just best things about this channel to be honest with you I just love having the banter with you guys um so yeah I, I'm gonna get on top of discord as well really appreciate you guys being here um <laughs> let's see I'll just read the last few comments uh, I really enjoy it thank you so much Bob I really enjoy you guys being here um, I think Monza wasn't that good. Lots of overtakes, but it's just RP leading and whichever car suited to the car three seconds behind, says Versatile. Fair enough. And his favorite race has been the Canadian GP, which I thought was an epic one as well. Kaz, all you window lickers need to join the Wheel Sports YouTube membership so it's not uh, so lonely in the membership only chat. It's only $3. <laughs> Appreciate that. Uh, but yeah, look, guys, if you can afford to join in, I just want to uh start to build up a cool membership thing where we have exclusive content and lives and stuff i think it'd be fun but uh if you can't we will always do these cool fun um you know live streams that are open anyway so don't worry about it uh thanks it was good says f1 or the menace uh won the goat thanks so much uh sean appreciate uh always a pleasure um my favorite group of wafflers flair play to you all 
Love this, guys. Uh, and already my favorite F1 channel. Thanks, Jason, says education. Cheers. I really appreciate that. Kaz uh, says $3 about what I make per month, says Pache. Again, only if you can afford it, guys. So don't don't go out of your way. Um, and Sean, again, only if you can afford it. So look, guys, it's just going to be some extra exclusive content. The channel will also have free stuff. So, you know, I massively appreciate you joining, um, but I also don't want anyone, you know, paying stuff that they can't afford. So please don't. And uh, Versatile says, please use the Discord more. Yes, I'm going to uh, make, a, you know, I just basically I need to just get my timetable on top of my timetable. For those of you who don't know, and I'll just quickly chat about it. Um, I've been working on it's an hour and 15 minute roughly long documentary about the Pentagon's official UFO files, which is coming out next Friday, I think, or next Saturday. So that has been just a massive amount of work. So that's why I've kind of been focusing on there. But as of uh, next week, I'll be able to get back into the swing of things. Thanks so much, guys. Really appreciate it. Uh, is the fan in your background a uh, green screen or not? Oh, the whole thing is a green screen behind me. Everything. Um, I'll show you guys real quick, actually. I know this is some weird stuff, but uh, where is it? Uh, bu -bum. Let me look one sec. Oh, what am I doing? I'm just going dark here. Give me two seconds. Where is this? That is my background. Just a green screen. So there you go. That's what it normally looks like. All right, guys. Uh, let me get myself back on screen. Uh, there we go. Okay, guys. I will talk to you soon. Have a great day. Bye.